You are listening to Rockwell Church in Virginia, Minnesota. Find us online at rockwell.church. Now, here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Uh, changing denominations would... Let me transition to the message now. You still with me? All right. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you have given us this opportunity to be part of this church in this place. Lord, there's been hurt. There's been... Um, trouble in the past, misunderstanding, um, people have left, uh, people might come back, um, empty seats that need to be filled, and empty hearts where people are longing for friends. Some people have lost their friends through death or through moving or through uh, COVID chaos, through uh, the maskers hating the maskless or the vacciners hating those who... Um, won't take the vaccine. And just all of that, Lord, we pray there'd be peace. We pray that we would care for one another and that we would be good friends on a great adventure. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Jeff Moore had a song uh, years ago, Friend Like You. Said, you probably could sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read the lyrics. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, Laurel and Hardy, Batman and Robin, it was Snoopy and Charlie, friends through thick and thin, friends to the very end. I think you would agree, that's how it is for you and me. I want to know I need you. I want you to know it's true that there's no way I could have made it without you. It's so good to know I've got a friend like you. Through all of the laughter and tears, through all of the questions and fears, through all of the winning and losing and trying, I will be by your side because you and I are friends for life. And... In the lyrics, you is capitalized, a friend like Jesus, and good friends. And I have had an opportunity to have a lot of good friends in church and in ministry. And I'd have to tell you that as a pastor, it's tough to have friends in ministry because sometimes people treat the pastor like an insurance agent. Oh yeah, we're tight until I find a better rate. So, or until I had one guy Oh, we just love you. Oh, this is such a great church. Oh, wait, that pastor rides a Harley? I like to ride a Harley. So it's like, bye. So nonetheless, I do have some really good friends, people who call, people who are there. And somebody said that relationships are like plants. You have to keep watering them to keep them alive. And do you know that Jesus had close friends out of the disciples, that Jesus had his inner three? Peter, James, and John were there with him through the transfiguration. They were there when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter. They were there when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. They were there in Jesus' greatest days and his most difficult, darkest trials. They were his closest friends. And we need to have friends. You and I need friends. And sometimes we don't value friends, and a lot of us don't have friends. Um, for years, the most popular book on the New York Times bestseller list was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And just to highlight some things that it said in the book, six ways to make friends are, one, become genuinely interested in other people, two, smile, Three, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Four, be a good listener. Five, talk in terms of the other person's interest. And six, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. You know, Adam was there in the garden naming all the animals, walking with God, but yet he was still missing something. And God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him in Genesis 2.18. And then God provided Eve. So 
our Christian life is an exciting time of serving Jesus with others. Serving Jesus with others is a great adventure. There's so many things that we could do together. We could do hobbies together. We could restore cars together. We could race cars together. Uh, we could knit or make quilts or I don't know. Uh, so many things we could do together. And you can do all of those things. And all of those things are a great bridge to helping people find Jesus, to serving Jesus. And part of the great adventure of serving Jesus is you and hopefully a friend or a church taking risks, changing things, trying to reach out to people in new ways, uh, doing things that you don't even know are going to work, but you hope that it will so that you can proclaim Jesus. So I don't know what it might be. If we change our church name, maybe we should do something big in the parade uh, or parades. So I don't know what you have for a parade here. I do remember participating in the Side Lake Parade um, and uh, one year it was pretty cold. But nonetheless, uh, dreaming new dreams, coming up with new things. And sometimes if you get three or four people together, they'll take incredible risks to do crazy things for God. Just think about what that might be like. Philippians 2.13 says, it is, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God is at work in us. It's God doing things through us. The Holy Spirit is helping so that we would fulfill his purpose in our life. And I just mentioned those hobbies and different things. Sometimes God makes you a certain type of person with certain types of interests so you can reach people in that arena, in that area, in that uh, type of um, existence. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to, for us to do. And we are more, often we are more effective when we do it together. Often we are more effective when it's not just us all by ourselves. Often we're more effective when we are a unified church that's excited about doing stuff together. We're not, oh, we've never done that before. Put the brakes on. No, we, we have to have that approved or we're going to have to think about that for a while. Uh, sometimes God just calls us to do things when the opportunity presents itself and we go for it and God blesses us. And you know what's so exciting about the faith that we have? is it's not just a dead religion where we're just trying to do a bunch of work so I need to live this list there's this list of don'ts I've got to do this and that but no it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ it's a personal relationship with God in Exodus 33 11, it says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend and we have a personal relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let me share with you five characteristics of good friends that Paul uh, exemplifies in Philippians chapter 2. You remember that he is in prison, so uh, he is standing up for his faith, and now he might be tried, he might be sentenced, he might be put to death. He's trapped in prison, next to, chained to a Roman guard, and um, Timothy and Epaphroditus are... Uh, helpers, friends that are ministering to the church at Philippi and also helping Paul. And so we uh, see this relationship that Paul has with these people and it should encourage us in these five characteristics of good friends. And you know what? I want to have good friends. You know, the Bible makes it clear that if we have too many friends, it can destroy us. In Proverbs 18, 24, it says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
How can you come to ruin? If you want everybody to be your friend, you're going to be pulled in every direction. You're much more likely to compromise. I can be overwhelming to try to have to be everyone's friend. And as a pastor, it's easy to be everybody's friend in a small church. But as the church grows and grows and there's more and more people, then that's harder to do. So we all need to do everything that we can do to be friendly and really uh, try to find ways to... uh, make new friends. Uh, There's an article at the EBC chat Facebook group that you could join. There's like 55 of you right now uh, where people share what's going on, the latest stuff that's going on in the church. And sometimes I share articles and things. There's an article on there right now that says churches are dying because of friendlessness. So what's happening is where people are coming to, the article says, people are coming into church, the people are friendly, they're nice, they're smiley, but they don't become good, close friends. And so then they go to another church in search of good, close friends. Now, uh, in our defense, some of those people are the last ones in the door and the first ones out. So how would we connect with them? Uh, On the other hand, uh, sometimes we are uh, in a church for so long that we get into little cliques and we just like, well, this is my friend group and we do our thing and uh, hello, new person. It's great to see you. Yeah, okay, I'm going back to my friend click now. And what I would like to encourage you to do is if you see some new people, I would like you to not talk to any of your friends until you go talk to the new people because most likely they're going to be out the door in the first three minutes anyway. So just connect with them before you connect with your type people group. And then I'd like to have a culture of some code words because I envision that the church will grow and I might have to throw out an SOS in a non-COVID time. So I'm hoping that Ken will flash something across the screen that says SOS and you'll be like, hey, I know what that means. Scoot over some. We need to make room for more people. SOS, scoot over some. You're looking like, I got tons of room now. But nonetheless, what would God do if we were more faithful? What would God do if we invited our friends? What would God do if we made more friends? Number one, friends are concerned. Friends are concerned. Paul was so concerned about the church at Philippi that he was willing to give up Timothy and Epaphroditus and do whatever he could to help that church, to help that church grow, to help that church with its conflicts, to help that church with its difficulties. Philippians 2.19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. No one else like him who will show genuine concern. So Paul has invested his life into Timothy like a father invests into a son in a good relationship. Now, some of you are like, my father didn't invest in me. But in a perfect relationship, uh, Paul invested into Timothy and mentored him and taught him. And the most valuable person for Paul to keep around in his imprisonment would be Timothy. But he is willing because he is so concerned for the church of Philippi, for his friends there, to uh, send them Timothy when he can. But now he's going to send Epaphroditus if you read a little further. But nonetheless, concerned. And you and I need to show concern for friends. Would and could you take more chances to show more concern? So who, who are the friends that you have? Who are the friends that you could make? Uh, some people are not quick to make friends. So um, other people are quick to make new friends 
and not invest in, in, the, in the existing friends. But unfortunately, uh, that's kind of my personality type, is that I love to make new friends, find out about those new friends, and then go over here and find some more new friends and make new friends and find out about those people and then go over here. And I feel so bad, but I took some men to a, a men's retreat, and I did that to some of the guys from my church. So... I mean, it's like, hey, you live up the street from where we talk all the time. You come to Bible study. Yeah, I know about you, but I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk to him for a bit because I knew we could connect with this, you know, with my old friends. But I wanted to find out everything about this guy because the opportunity was there. Because then maybe I could make some new friends. And when you show care and concern and people know that you care about them, then that friend that you just ditched because you're trying to make a new friend says, you know what? I know Chris cares about me. I know Chris is my friend. I've secured my friend relationship with Chris. I know Chris does crazy things like this, so I'm okay with it. I'm just gonna go over here and talk to these people. So be why? Because there's an investment, there's care, there's concern. When people, when your friends have a need, do you do what you can to try to help them? Do you show concern? Do you show care? Do you talk about it? First Thessalonians 2.8, Paul says, we love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. So not just sharing the gospel, but sharing our lives, sharing our lives. And so again, you can't be everybody's friend. Uh, Leith Anderson at Wooddale preached a sermon years and years and years ago that said that we're like Legos and we only have so many connecting points. So we need to find new connecting points for people to connect to in the church and everything. But sometimes God puts someone on your heart. Sometimes there's an experience that you have. Sometimes there's a relationship or a proximity that causes you to become somebody's good friend. So so you might become uh, a good friend of somebody at school because you were forced to sit next to them. Or if you're always called in attendance in alphabetical order, uh, they might have a name that's very close to yours. So me, Tyan, him, Thompson, we're always next to each other. We became friends. So... Um, at work, the person that you end up sitting next to or being on a sales team with, those types of things, um, they can cause you to become good friends. Number two, friends are consistent. Friends are consistent. Are you a consistent friend? So verse 21, for everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of, Christ Jesus, of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father has served me with in the work of the gospel, I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me and am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Timothy was consistent. Paul consistently cared. Timothy consistently delivered the goods. Uh, Paul had a problem with Mark, uh, but Timothy repeatedly delivered, was repeatedly consistent, repeatedly was caring. And so, when he says everyone looks out on their own interests, not of those of Jesus, um, maybe Paul was like, you know, I have tried to send other people to you, but they're all like too busy, can't do it. It doesn't fit in my schedule. Uh, really can't, really can't do that. And Timothy is like, I will go wherever you want me to go. And Epaphroditus was faithful to go wherever Paul wanted him to go. But everyone looks out for their own interests, not to those of Jesus Christ. Hopefully that's not true of you or me, but to put Christ first. 
maybe to start the day by confessing any known sin, uh, spending some time in God's word and saying, Lord, I'm available for you to use. How could you use me today? I want to be faithful to be used by you and to look to the interests of Christ, to reach out, to care, and to show that you can be a good friend. And as a good friend, that you are consistent that you are a consistent, good friend that cares for others, that people can trust, that people can rely on, that people know your character, that you are consistently a good friend. You know, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And in a great friendship, uh, you will encourage each other. You might call each other on some things that need to, need to change, attitudes, uh, pride, greed, um, all these different things, and become better together. So I'm getting together with those other pastors from the other local churches because I'm hoping that together we're going to become better, that I'm going to learn some things from them. And it was so cool because Pastor Dan from Chisholm Baptist, he's like, you know, we're getting together once a month to share and pray as pastors, but what if we got together on another day during the month to train each other, to learn, to, um, to refresh what you already know or teach you things you don't already know so that you can become a better pastor, so that you can become a better Christ follower. And so uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I showed up. And so it was fun to be back to that church where I was a long time ago, see some of the changes they made. I haven't really stepped foot in it for years, but you know how we started, how they started? They all went around the room, and there was supposed to be five minutes, but it was more, and they shared their testimony on how God got them into ministry, how God worked in their life to bring them to where they are today. So they all went, we all went around the room and shared, and by the time the three hours was, was it three hours? Of the time the hours were over, um, I knew a lot more about those people they knew about, than they knew about me, and it's developing friendships. And sometimes we need to spend time. Sometimes we need to go out of our way to find ways to bring people in. I understand that women like to get together and go to restaurants and have tea or coffee or, or whatever. And this is a stereotype, so not every woman. But, and then men, usually not every man, but men like to do things. Men like to get together and do things. And that's when they're doing things, they're working on cars, they're shooting stuff, they're whatever they're doing. Um, that's when they're talking. That's when relationships are being built. And one of the elders in my church had a crazy idea for a men's, a men's day. So um, it was kind of silly, but it was great. So uh, he had, I don't know, like 10 acres of land or something like that. He's like, hey, everybody, why don't you come on on Saturday for breakfast at my house? And then we're all going to drive the bobcat. So, so he had a bobcat and everybody that came got to drive it uh, to the back of his lot and around the trees and then come back again and everybody got their picture taken driving the bobcat. Don't know if I mentioned that before. Crazy, dumb idea. We had a great time. And you know what we did while we we're waiting for the other guy to come back on the bobcat? We talked about everything. Relationships were built. Uh, people were encouraged. Um, it was good. And what if we could figure out more ways to do that? Proverbs 12, 26 says, A righteous person is careful in dealing with his neighbor, but the way of the wicked lead them astray. So one of the problems with the close proximity of your neighbor is they can have a lot of influence on you and you can learn from them. Uh, now, it could be your neighbor 
uh, where you live, or it could be your neighbor at work or school. And sometimes it's easy to catch their bad attitudes, their profanity, uh, all of the difficulty. And so a righteous person is careful dealing with his neighbor. Uh, but the ways of the wicked lead them astray. So you want to have a great rapport with everybody. The, the sinful, swearing, profanity-laced uh, the people have a great rapport. Those people probably shouldn't be your best friends. So your best friends should be godly and lead you towards the Lord, lead you in righteous things. Proverbs, again, Proverbs 22, 24, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. So again, we can learn and catch things like a virus, <laughs> catch things, uh, bad attitudes and um, just bad ideas about life if we're not careful. And angry people can be uh, dangerous to have as, as close friends. They're not trustworthy. And Timothy wasn't like this. Epaphroditus wasn't like this. The church at Philippi loved Timothy and trusted him. And some wonder if Epaphroditus wasn't an elder in the church at Philippi. All right. Uh, Jesus says that if we obey him, that we are his friends. A friend of Jesus, John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know, what his know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Are you a friend of Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you walking in the word and walking in his will? You are my friends if you do what I command to be a friend of Jesus. He is a close friend. In um, 1 Samuel 18, and when we read this, uh, people in our culture want to say, oh, see, see, uh, they were doing a lot more than just being friends there. You know, they were in a relationship, and it's not what it means. So Psalm 18, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one, this is Jonathan was Saul's son. Jonathan became one in spirit with David. He loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his family. So he was there all the time. So Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Wouldn't it be great to have such a great close friend? If you're married, would you give your spouse some time and some permission to have some good friends besides you? It's great that you and your spouse are great friends, but you also need to have other relationships and there needs to be time. And on a Facebook post on some Christian man's, uh, men's thing, somebody posted, um, can you guys give me some advice? Because I have a hobby that I like to do two days a week with my other guy friends, but my wife wants me home seven days a week with no time for any friends but her. Is that a good idea? And I would say that if there's something going at home, like you've got like seven kids and she needs help taking care of them, you need to work something out on the schedule uh, so that you're not gone all the time. But what if we gave our spouses permission to make some good friends? Some money in the budget, some opportunities to do things and make some good godly friends. I think that that would honor the Lord. I think that it would be healthy for your marriage relationship. It would be a good thing. Friend number three, friends are real. Friends are real. They, they tell each other the way things are. They're not pretentious. They 
are real. So Philippians 2.25, Paul says, I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. So it appears that the church of Philippi sent Paul a gift of financial resources and also sent Epaphroditus. And they're like, Epaphroditus, so you're going to take the resources. You're going to stay with Paul. You're going to minister to him. You're going to help him. You're going to give him whatever he needs. That's your mission. You're going to stay with him. You're going to take care of him. We love Paul. We love you. This is going to be great. And Paul is like, Epaphroditus was so sick he almost died. Which is weird because there are certain times where Paul was given the ability to heal sick people, but obviously he didn't have that opportunity then. So it appeared that God wanted Epaphroditus to go through the sickness and Paul to struggle with the difficulty of that. But now he's okay, but we, they didn't have uh, mail or text messaging or chat or whatever. So they didn't know if Epaphroditus was okay. They thought, they probably thought that, you know, did he die? Is he gone? Is our beloved brother, is, is, he, is he gone? And Paul's kind of stressed about that. He's like, I care about them so much. I don't want them to be grieved thinking that you died. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to send you back with it right away. And you just tell him, uh, sometime when I have opportunity, I'm sending Timothy too. Paul's like, I'm in prison. And he probably really valued the resources of Timothy and Epaphroditus. But he cared and he loved so much that he's like, you know, I'm going to send you guys to Philippi. We're just going to be real and tell them exactly what's going on. That's what we need to do as a church too, is we need to be real. In the beginning, when I told you that stuff, I was just trying to be real and tell you what I saw was going on and what I, what I think is happening here. So that you know, as a church, because... Uh, we're only going to be healthy and move forward if we're not hiding anything or pushing any agenda or anything like that. And if people have time to think about things before they vote on it, real. Number four, friends are complimentary. Friends are complimentary. So Paul was, Paul was real, but then he also uh, pointed out about Epaphroditus and the way that he was. Um, so verse 28, I'm all the more eager to send him so that you may see him again, that you may, glad, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me to compliment, to, to, to call out the things that are good. So Paul let the Philippians know Epaphroditus had not failed his mission and he should be honored. So can you and I do more to compliment each other, to compliment our friends, to say things like, I appreciate, and then lay it out. Or, you know, one of your greatest strengths is, and lay it out. Or even just call out every now and then, you are a loyal friend. So um, compliments go a long ways. And if you and I are going to have good friends, then we need to compliment people when we, when we have opportunity or sometimes just, just throw it out. Uh, in your relationships too, it would be great. You know, if you, you know, somebody had said, uh, the, the husband said to the wife, oh, I told you I loved you when we first got married and if it ever changes, I'll let you know. And that's dumb. So, you know, you just tell people that you appreciate them. You tell them that they're valuable to you. You tell them that they're a good friend and, and why. But, and then my last point, number five, friends are all around. Friends are all around. And this is how Paul ends the book of Philippians. But he says, 
Greet all God's people, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 21. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus, the brothers and sisters who are with me, send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So there's people all around Paul becoming his friends. It's like the prison guard that's chained to him for parts of the day. <laughs> we became friends. He told me about his family. We're friends. And in, in the in Caesar's household, people in government uh, connected uh, with them, maybe uh, got to talk to them. We're friends. They're part of the church. We're friends. Friends all around. And we are to realize that we have opportunities to have friends all around. And I'm going to skip past this part here. And all right. So um, again, amazing how fast time goes. But uh, if we are going to have friends, and the New York Times has an article right now that says that a lot of people don't have any friends. There's 336 million people in the country, and a lot of people don't have any friends, and COVID made it even worse. Uh, in the study, half of all Americans, 49%, reported having fewer than three close friends. Uh, if that wasn't bad enough, 12% of the people surveyed have zero friends today. Zero. That's four times as many people as 30 years ago have zero friends. And then Crosswalk uh, pointed out, if you're in a church and you don't feel like you're making any friends, maybe there's some things that you can try. One, start with a smile. Uh, you're much more likely to connect with people if you're smiling. Join a Bible study or a small group. Uh, it's actually in life groups that we learn a lot about people and become uh, closer friends. Uh, volunteer to serve in the church together. Introduce yourself to a new person each week. Ask questions of people. Show you're interested in them. Get involved in church activities and donate your talents. Um, so um, this introduce yourself to a new person each week is, is a huge one. So if you don't know um, certain people, then just say, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Or uh, maybe you've never met them before. And then just see if you can connect with them. But we all need friends. And again, you don't need everybody to be your friend, but we all do need friends and we all need to be friendly. And if the church is going to grow, we need to show care and concern. We need to be real and we need to do all that we can to build those friendships. Next week, we're going to talk about um, how to know for sure you're saved and to be confident in your salvation. So the worship team, do you have a song? They're going to come up and sing. And then when they're done, I will have a prayer and benediction. So Romans 15, 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, help us to be a friend of Jesus. Help us to be a friend of others. Help us to have meaningful friendships and relationships that draw us closer to you and impact the world around us. We pray that this church would grow deeper and wider and that we would influence this region for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. We hope this message from Pastor Chris Tyen at Rockwell Church has encouraged you in your faith. Join us next Sunday at 1015 a.m. in person or watch online. We are located on Highway 53 at 93 Midway Drive in Virginia, Minnesota. To find out more and to let us know how we can pray for you, go to our website at rockwell.church.